Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I want to remind you about an SUV that was for sale in the early 2000s in the U.S. market for a short nine-year run that ended far too soon. In fact, this boxy little SUV was probably a decade or more ahead of its time, and if it were still around today, with a few updates, I think it could be one of the most popular SUVs on the market. That said, it's an excellent buy as a used vehicle for adventurous people with kids, dogs, or just a life on the go. So what is it? Well, that boxy adjective I used earlier to describe it is probably a good hint. But if you haven't guessed what it is yet, don't worry, because I'm going to tell you all about it in just a moment. And I'll let you know what makes it a great used car buy today. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. When you want to store your stuff, the go-to container for that job is typically a box. The unsung hero of storage solutions and the epitome of mundane practicality. For example, if you need to make a move across town or across the country, when you pack up your stuff, you don't put it in a moving sphere or a moving triangle or a moving tube, right? You put it in a box. That's because a box is space efficient, so you can easily fill it and you can then stack your boxes securely one on top of the other. It's simple. It's elegant. It's a box. So a box is great for storing stuff and moving stuff, but when it comes to car design, a boxy shape often translates to boring and mundane, right? But in spite of its boxy shape, today's Focus vehicle, while practical, is far from mundane. In fact, its square boxy shape transforms practicality into a superpower and turns this boxy SUV into the ideal adventure vehicle that in the immortal lyrics from the 80s band Huey Lewis and the News lives up to the notion that it's hip to be square. So what is it? It's the 2003-2011 through 2011 Honda Element, a unique and versatile vehicle that captivated the hearts of families, outdoor enthusiasts, and pet owners alike. So what is it that makes the Honda Element such a great used SUV? Well, one of the standout features of the Honda Element is its incredibly spacious and flexible interior. The boxy shape of the Element allowed for a remarkable amount of headroom and legroom, ensuring that both driver and passengers had ample space to stretch out and feel comfortable. The rear seating area offered an innovative stadium seating arrangement where the rear seats are a little higher than the front for better visibility and the rear seats could be folded up to the side, out of the way, or removed entirely to create a cavernous cargo space. This unique configuration made it perfect for families with children, allowing for easy installation of car seats and providing plenty of room for things like strollers, bicycles, sports equipment, and camping gear. It was also perfect for dog lovers with enough space for Fido and friends to stretch out and get comfortable. And if you needed to haul large items, with the seats removed, the Element did a pretty good imitation of a small pickup with a canopy. Now, recognizing that families, outdoor enthusiasts, and pet owners require a vehicle that can withstand dirt, spills, and wear and tear, Honda equipped the Element with easy-to-clean and durable materials throughout the cabin. The flooring featured a textured urethane surface, making it resistant to stains and easy to wash out. Now, unfortunately, you couldn't rinse it out with a hose like you can on some Jeeps, 
but a couple of old wet bath towels could work wonders removing mud and muck that was shaken loose from pets, mountain bike tires, or whatever dirty thing ended up in the back. The seat upholstery was also made to handle the more adventurous among us, with water-resistant fabric coverings that enabled quick cleanup in case muddy paws, hands, and feet got on the seat surface. The easy-to-clean materials inside made the element an excellent choice for pet owners and those who wanted to enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about the interior getting ruined. But to be completely honest, if I owned an element, I would put seat covers on the front and rear seats if I thought dirt, mud, and dust would be splashed around the interior on a regular basis. I wouldn't just take it at face value that those factory seat covers are going to hold up. Now, in addition to being able to accommodate people and their dirty hands and feet, the Honda Element also boasted an incredibly versatile cargo area, allowing users to configure the space in various ways to accommodate their specific needs. Now, I touched on some of that versatility earlier, but for those who like to car camp, the front and rear seats could fold flat, quote-unquote, to make a semi-reasonable sleeping surface. Now, the internet thinks this is sort of doable, but not really ideal. And personally, after seeing the not-quite-flat configuration of the folded front and rear seats, I would avoid that setup in favor of something more spine-friendly, like removing the seats or folding them up to the side and out of the way to use the flat floor as a bed surface. Now, an inflatable mattress could be used on the flat floor for a single person or a couple, but keep in mind that this mostly works for the vertically challenged. Now, if you're approaching like six feet in height or taller, this really won't work without hitting your head, or you'll need to open the rear hatch for a few inches of added space. Now, you can also get an add-on rear tent that attaches to the back of the element for extra privacy when sleeping with the hatch open. But if you're worried about wildlife or wild people nibbling on your toes at night, that's not going to be your best option either. Now, aside from sleeping, when the seats are folded up or completely removed, the Honda Element is transformed into a capable cargo hauler. The rear hatch, combined with the wide-opening front passenger doors and rear passenger suicide-style doors that open in the opposite direction without that traditional center pillar, give you tons of entrance room from either side. And with a low step-in height, loading and unloading bulky items from the side or the back is a breeze. So whether you want to carry bicycles, camping gear, surfboards, large dogs, furniture, or a big screen TV, the Element really can handle it all, making it a go-to choice for outdoor enthusiasts, pet owners, and people with a lot of stuff to haul around. Okay, so we've established that it's versatile, it's practical, but what should you look for when buying a used Honda Element? Well, there are a few things to consider, starting with the engine and drivetrain configuration. So, all 2003 through 2011 elements came with Honda's venerable K24 engine. This 2.4-liter dual-overhead cam four-cylinder engine made 160 horsepower initially and got a slight bump in horsepower to 166 in 2007. And the same engine was shared with the seventh-generation North American Honda Accord, so you know it's a good motor. Now, in terms of transmission choice, if you wanted to shift for yourself, the Element was available with a 5-speed manual transmission from model years 2003 through 2010, with the 2010 5-speed only available on the four-wheel drive EX models. And if you wanted an automatic transmission, initially the 2003 through 2006 Element had a 4-speed automatic, but Honda added an extra gear in 2007. 
That extra gear in the 2007 through 2011 automatic-equipped elements is welcome, and it really helps the automatic transmission make better use of the engine's power output. And if I were buying an automatic-equipped element, I would opt for the 5-speed automatic from the 2007 and later models. Now, the other big drivetrain feature to consider is whether you want an element with two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. Now, if you plan to drive a lot in wet, snowy conditions or on muddy, slippery backcountry roads, then it makes sense to get an element with what Honda calls real-time four-wheel drive. This is a system that basically operates as front-wheel drive until wheel slip is detected and then power is sent to the rear wheels for extra traction. But if you spend most of your time on dry paved roads, then a two-wheel drive element that routes power through the front wheels only should suit you just fine. Now, in terms of fuel economy, a two-wheel drive model with a five-speed manual will likely net the best fuel economy. And a four-wheel drive model with the automatic probably is going to get the worst fuel economy. But in reality, the difference between the two, at least in terms of their EPA fuel economy rating, is only like one or two miles per gallon in combined use. And that difference, in my opinion, is small enough to make the all-wheel drive model the obvious choice between the two. But, you know, as they say, your mileage may vary. Now, when it comes to options and option packages, there were a few things worth considering. So first of all, any year Honda Element that has minimal owners, low miles, and consistent maintenance backed up by records is a good option for purchase no matter what color it is, what options it has, transmission, etc. However, there were some interesting upgrades that make later model elements worth considering. So as I mentioned earlier, in model year 2007, the element's engine output was bumped up 6 horsepower, and the automatic transmission gained an extra gear. That year's exterior also saw a minor refresh that included some exterior changes designed to slightly improve the element's looks. But of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so you get to decide what looks best a 2007 and later, or a 2003 through 2006. It's up to you. 2007 also saw the inclusion of standard side airbags on all models, and the front passenger seatbelt mounting point was moved to the seat frame rather than the door, so rear seat passengers could get in and out without having to have driver and front passenger remove their seatbelts. Now, these changes are enough for me to advise potential buyers to consider a 2007 or later element, all things being equal. But again, overall condition is really the most important thing, so consider that first. And finally, there were two major option packages you might want to consider. The first was the SC, which included a different front bumper and grille, a lowered suspension, and 18-inch alloy wheels for better on-road handling. The SC also featured projector headlamps, Tribal print seat fabrics, which, you know, who cares about that, right? A center console and carpeted floors in the seating areas. And if you want four-wheel drive, the SC is not for you, as it was a package with front-wheel drive only. Now, the second option package that used buyers with pets might want to consider is the dealer-installed, dog-friendly package offered starting in 2009. It consisted of a pet restraint system, an extendable cargo area load-in ramp for your pet, a little ramp they could walk up. Also, they had a 12-volt DC rear ventilation fan, second-row seat covers, all-season rubber floor mats with a toy bone pattern, ooh, and so-called dog-friendly exterior paw print emblems, you know, whatever that means. There was also a spill-resistant water bowl that could be placed into a nook in the corner of the pet bed. 
Now, this stuff is all sort of gimmicky in my opinion, but if you're a pet owner and you come across a nice element with this option, it might be worth considering if the owner's not asking a premium for this somewhat uncommon feature set. So to wrap up this what to look for section, if you asked my opinion on which element to buy, I would try to get a 2007 or later model with low miles, minimal owners, and an excellent maintenance history backed up by records and receipts. I would also get four-wheel drive since the fuel economy penalty is only like one or two miles per gallon. And the extra traction would be most welcome on days when it snows and rains where I live. Finally, I would prefer a manual transmission, but if I had to get an automatic, the 2007 and later five-speed automatic would be my choice. So there you have it. But again, the biggest thing that always matters on any used car is condition. So if you find a low-mile, one-owner, excellent condition, 2003 through 2006 car, you know, it's worth looking at, especially if the price is right. And speaking of prices, Honda Elements are available in a really wide range of prices. It's frankly kind of crazy. So decent quality elements from model years 2003 to 2006 with some issues or in decent condition with high miles will probably start out around $4,000 to $5,000. Maybe a little bit lower in some cases, uh, you know, and in other cases much lower. But, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a problem child, something you're going to have to work on all the time? Or are you looking for something you can drive without too many issues? If it's the latter, you know, something without too many issues, then a good starting point for a decent driver quality element is probably around $5,000, at least here on the West Coast. I can't really speak to, you know, cars from the Rust Belt, things that might be rusting through. That's a whole different story. But here on the West Coast, that seems to be a pretty good starting price. Now, that said, I am sort of the master of patience, so if you can be patient like me and wait until a good example comes along, then you should be able to find something even better in that four to $5,000 price range, or maybe even pay less. I mean, really, patience is a virtue when it comes to looking for a used car. Now, for example, I just jumped on Craigslist, and near me here in the Pacific Northwest is a one-owner, 2003 model with 80,000 miles. I mean, that's super low miles for 2003. And it had an automatic transmission with all maintenance records and no accidents for $6,500. That car has been posted up for 21 hours, and I can pretty much guarantee that it will be sold soon or it's already been sold and the person just hasn't taken the ad down yet. That's how quickly the good ones will go. But if you want to spend a lot more money, while having ample time to fiddle around trying to make a decision on, you know, should I buy it, should I not buy it, then you can do that too. For example, there's a 2006 model near me with 70,000 miles at a local dealer as I record this, and it too has an automatic transmission, and they claim it's a one-owner, and based on the photos, it looks like it is, and frankly, it's in a cool sort of maroon color with a black interior, which I frankly like better than that green 2003 I just mentioned, the one-owner example. But, and it's a big but, the dealer asking price on that one-owner 2006 is, wait for it, $17,995, which is about $11,500 more than the one-owner 2003 that's a private party ad. It's got the same engine, it's got the same transmission, 10,000 less miles, three years newer, and you're paying more than twice as much 
to buy that 2006 model from a dealer. In fact, you're paying nearly three times as much. So is that $18,000 dealer example worth almost three times what the $6,500 private party example is worth? Well, in a word, no. I don't know why someone wouldn't just be patient and wait to find a great deal from a private party and pay a fraction of the price that you're going to pay for the same car or a similar car at a dealership. So my advice is take your time. And when you find a good car for a low price from a private party, don't hesitate. Just buy it. You know, if you need to get it checked out by a mechanic, work it out with the person. But don't wait. Move. You're going to save yourself a ton of money. Okay. Now, what if you can't find a good car for $5,000 to $7,000 where you live? Well, then spread out your search area or take a step up to, say, $8,000 to $10,000 or do both. Now, no matter what, you should be able to find something like a 2007 or later model in this price range that's a good, solid driver. Now, in my backyard here near Seattle, I don't live in Seattle, but I'm near within you know, 30, 40 miles of it. There were several examples of 2007 and later model elements for sale today from private parties. But at that price point and those later model years, you should expect to find higher mileage. And the average mileage I found seemed to be closer to like 140,000 to 160,000 miles. And anything with lower miles would be priced a bit higher. Okay. Now, is 140,000 miles on a basically... 15-year-old car, really unusual? No, it's like 10,000 miles a year. It's not that much. Now, again, this is just one look on one day. And in my experience, with patience and time, you can find something considerably cheaper or with considerably lower miles or both for the same price. It just, again, takes time and patience. It's the old saying, money, quality, time. Pick two. You don't get all three, okay? Now, what about elements priced at, say, $10,000 to $15,000 or more? Well, that's where you're going to find a lot of later model, very low mile private party ads or a lot of dealer ads for cars that are older and have more miles. And frankly, the prices, they go up from there. I mean, it didn't take me long to find dealer examples with prices anywhere from $20,000 to $25,000. Now, they were low mile example. 2010 and 2011 Honda Elements. So, you know, it wasn't like they were worn out or anything, but that's a lot of money. And if you want to pay that much for the last year or two of the Honda Element without putting in any effort, you can do it. It's easy to do. Just get out your checkbook, you know, close your eyes and say, here's the money. Go ahead and take my money. But you know what? With a little patience and a little bit of time and a little effort on your part, you can save yourself thousands of dollars. It's why I do this podcast. Please take the time to save yourself some money. Pick up one of these great Honda elements for five, six, seven thousand dollars. You're going to be really happy in the long run, and really happy that you didn't spend, you know, twenty thousand dollars. Again, if it's a car and the color you want and all that kind of stuff, fine, but don't don't do it. Save yourself some money. So with that. Long live the box, and long live the boxy Honda Element. Its simple design combined with Honda quality, a choice of two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive drivetrain, spacious interior, easily configurable seating, and durable materials made the Element the vehicle of choice for a wide range of outdoor activities. 
Whether it was a family road trip, a weekend camping adventure, or a trip to the dog park, this vehicle provided the space, flexibility, and convenience that made it an excellent choice for those who valued functionality and versatility. And while it's no longer in production, its legacy as a versatile lifestyle vehicle of choice, still available at a reasonable used car price, makes the 2003-2011 through 2011 Honda Element the unsung hero of practicality. It may be square, but it's hip to be square, right? And with that, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs at a price you'll love each week. And be sure to join me next time for a deeper look into the world of paintless dent repair. If you're not familiar with it, you might be surprised just how easily and inexpensively a PDR expert can transform your dented driver into a car you're proud to own once again. And until then, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride. <laughs>